Welcome to this edition of Criminal Mischief, the Art and Science of Crime Fiction. I'm D.P. Lyle. Today's show is entitled Alice in Wonderland Syndrome. Boy, that sounds intriguing, doesn't it? Let me give you this. One pill makes you larger and one pill makes you small. And the ones that mother gives you don't do anything at all. Go ask Alice when she's 10 feet tall. That's the opening stanza of the great Jefferson Airplane song called White Rabbit, written by the marvelous Grace Slick. It was on the equally marvelous uh, Surrealistic Pillow album, which I think I wore out two or three copies of in college and medical school because I listened to it over and over and over again. Every song on it was fantastic. But this song defined the airplane. It defined Haight-Ashbury. It defined the 60s. Um, it was one of those haunting ballads and one of those haunting songs that kind of set it all. And then there's this wonderful question that I received from uh, an excellent writer and my dear friend, Frankie Bailey. This was actually published in Suspense Magazine as part of my recurring forensic files column. And I titled the question, What Drugs Might Cause Side Effects in My Character with Alice in Wonderland Syndrome? Only Frankie could have come up with this because it is kind of obscure, though maybe not as rare as we think syndrome, this Alice in Wonderland thing. So her question was, I have a question about Alice in Wonderland syndrome. My character is in his mid-30s. From what I've gathered from reading about this syndrome, it is fairly common with children and with migraine sufferers, and it is controllable. However, I want my character to have side effects. In other words, even though the AIWS, that's the, 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 the moniker for it, and his migraines are under control, he is increasingly erratic. Insomnia, impotence, and irritability would all be a bonus. Could he be dosing himself with some type of herb that he doesn't realize would have these side effects when combined with the medication prescribed for him? Or is there a medication for Alice in Wonderland syndrome that might cause these kinds of side effects, but be subtle enough in the beginning that, that he becomes mentally unstable before he realizes that something is wrong? Great question. As I said, Frankie's smart. Uh, Alice in Wonderland syndrome is also, this is my answer. Alice in Wonderland syndrome is also known as Todd syndrome. It is a neurologic condition that leads to disorientation and visual and size perception disturbances. This means that their perception of size and distance is distorted, much like Alice after she descended into the rabbit hole and consumed the food and drink she was offered. AIWS is associated with migraines and tumors and some psychoactive drugs and other things. It is treated in a similar fashion to standard migraines with various combinations of anticonvulsants, antidepressants, beta blockers, and calcium channel blockers. The anticonvulsants such as dilatin and the benzodiazepines such as Valium and Xanax and the antidepressants such as the SSRIs like Lexapro and Prozac, the MAOIs like Marplan and Nardil, and the tricyclic antidepressants like Elevil and Tofranil all have significant psychological side effects. Anticonvulsant and antidepressant drugs 
always do. And these side effects can be things such as insomnia, irritability, impotence, confusion, disorientation, delusions, hallucinations, and bizarre behaviors of all types, some aggressive and others depressive. This is a smorgasbord. Beta blockers can cause fatigue, sleepiness, and impotence. Calcium channel blockers, in general, have fewer side effects, at least on the psychiatric level. As for herbs and drugs, almost anything that could cause that would cause psychiatric effects could have detrimental outcomes in your character. Cannabis, mushrooms, LSD, ecstasy, and other hallucinogens could easily make his symptoms worse and his behavior unpredictable. So your sufferer could easily be placed on one of the anticonvulsants, one of the antidepressants, or a combination of two of these drugs and develop almost any of these above side effects in any degree and in any combination that you want. This should give you a great deal to work with. And that last little bit is in general true. Uh, medications that are given to people for all kinds of things, you know, whether it's blood pressure or cholesterol or diabetes or whatever, they all have side effects. Virtually all of them do. But it doesn't mean it's going to happen in everyone. Maybe the side effects happen in 1%, maybe in 20%. Uh, but every, everything has side effects. And when you start combining drugs then you develop a whole nother set of problems because not only are the side effects now cumulative and additive, drugs can interact with each other to create a whole new set of side effects. And again, some of them can be minor and almost unnoticeable, and some of them can be extremely noticeable and even deadly to a point. Um, so what the heck is Alice in Wonderland syndrome? I bet most of you have never even heard of it. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a case of it. Um, if I did, I didn't recognize it. Let's put it that way. Uh, but then I'm not a neurologist. I bet the neurologists see more. Is it very common? Well, we don't know. But one Japanese study said that anywhere from 5 to 7% of children had it or some manifestation of it. So it's not rare, um, but it's not common. Now, Alice in Wonderland syndrome, or AIWS, is also, is also called Todd syndrome, or dysmetropsia. Uh, it was first described by Dr. John Todd in 1955. And he saw a group of people, predominantly with migraines, who had distorted uh, perceptions and visual hallucinations. And they... And they reported that they saw objects that took on an odd size and spatial characteristics, just like Alice experienced. And so he, as he investigated this, he decided this was a syndrome that these things could actually exist. Um, so the objects can appear small. This is called micropsia, micro meaning small and opsia mean to see. Large, macropsia, macro meaning large, opsia, close, pelopsia, and far, teleopsia. So the, the objects can appear close, far, large, small, and unusual in a lot of different ways. Um, it's a perception that, 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 that these people recognize as being abnormal. Uh, the only thing I can, I can describe, if you've ever been to Las Vegas, 
and you decide you're going to walk from Hotel A to Hotel B, and you walk out on the strip and start down the sidewalk, and you think, well, it's just right there. But 20 minutes later, you're not even halfway there. And the reason is is the scale of everything along the strip in Las Vegas is so huge that your mind can't get around it. It looks like it's right there, but it's a lot further away than it looks because its size is so immense. Um, if you've been down there and done that, you experience this. So maybe it gives you a little taste of what, what this Alice in Wonderland syndrome is, is like for the sufferers. So what, what can cause it? We talked about migraines and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Hallucinogenic drugs, of course. I mean, LSD, mushrooms, uh, marijuana, uh, ecstasy. You can see how this could trigger, um, an alteration of brain function and of perception in people who are susceptible to this syndrome. Now, anyone can have hallucinations on LSD and mushrooms and stuff like that, but they might be these spatial disorientations in people who have a propensity for Alice in Wonderland syndrome. Uh, seizures of different types. Seizures are odd things. They're where an area of the brain starts firing electrically and a lot of crazy things happen. We, we have most seizures that people think of is someone falling down and jerking. And this is a, a global seizure. It involves the entire brain, not just one area of it. And seizures can be localized. Um, and one area of the brain, uh, it, when it's generalized, it causes a grand mal seizure. And this is the person falling to the ground and jerking and uh, foaming at the mouth and things like that, biting their tongue, all those things that go along with dramatic seizures. And they are dramatic. But focal seizures can happen. Uh, there's a Jacksonian seizure where it'll start in the arm and march up to the shoulder and march down the body. There's a localized seizure where it might just be in one arm or one leg. Uh, there's temporal lobe seizures that alter behavior. People can go into fugue states, uh, and I've talked about this in a previous podcast, where they can get kind of lost and disoriented and not know who they are or where they are and not develop memories for that. And this was used in the great book by Michael Crichton called Terminal Man. Um, so seizures can play a role in this. And someone with a seizure disorder in a certain area of the brain could manifest what we call Alice in Wonderland syndrome, tumors. And there is a case of that, which I have a, a link for. Tumors can cause it. And a guy who had a, um, a, a, an astrocytoma, which is a dangerous malignant tumor, for him, the images on his screen, his computer screen, came off the screen, the icons, and started dancing. And they danced around for about 10 minutes, and then they finally exited the stage to the right and disappeared. Well, needless to say, this pretty much freaked him out. So he took off and, and hauled himself down to the local emergency room. And Alice in Wonderland syndrome was diagnosed, and the tumor was diagnosed as the cause of it. So tumors can do it, because what do tumors do? They invade certain parts of the brain, and they damage the brain tissue, and therefore they make that area of the brain malfunction. And that can be from that can cause headaches, that can cause seizures, that can cause psychiatric things, that can cause anger, that can cause all kinds of things, depending upon what part of the brain is affected. The same can be said for strokes and brain injuries like trauma or gunshot wounds, or they can damage a certain part of the brain. If it's a motor area, then you're paralyzed on one side. If it's a speech area, you can't speak. If it's an area that deals with emotions or with learning or with, or with uh, 
interactions, all of those things can be altered. All of those things can be altered with that. Certain fevers can do it and infections can do it. And psychiatric medications, as, as we talked about in, in, the great, uh, in, the, in the great question from Frankie, uh, and the answer there are supplied. Um, by far, one of the most likely uh, underlying diagnoses of people with Alice, Alice in Wonderland syndrome seems to be migraine syndromes. Uh, which is kind of interesting. Um, people think of migraine headaches as very severe headaches that you have to go lay down in a dark room and, um, you know, let it pass, take a pain medication, it'll go away. Uh, and they're just terrible, terrible, terrible headaches. But they're actually much more than that. They are uh, vascular headaches in that the, the artery spasms and then reopens. Uh, the, the neuroanatomy and neurophysiology of it is much more complex than you would think. Um, they are often associated with auras, meaning that the person knows it's coming on. They feel something. It may just be an impending feeling that something's going to happen. It may be visual. They may see something. They may see a little dancing wiggle of light in their eyes. They may see a shadow. They may see something in their visual field. It's all coming from the brain. It's not really out in front of them. It's not, but they sense it. It may be something that they hear. People have heard bells. They've heard buzzing. They've heard all kinds of sounds, and they know that a migraine is getting ready to come on. And they may be a smell. Some people will smell something sweet or something foul and everywhere in between, but there's a certain odor. And these people, they sense this aura and they know that their migraine is getting ready to hit. And it usually comes closely after the aura. People also have these before seizures sometimes. People who have epilepsy and, and treated or not, they know sometimes in some people when it's getting ready to hit because they have one of these auras or premonitions, if you will, by these signs and symptoms. Um, so migraines affect the brain in a lot of different ways. And one of these is Alice in Wonderland syndrome. It can be part of a migraine syndrome. And the symptoms that people get are, are quite varied. In other words, they might see that parts of their body look much bigger or much smaller than they are. They may hold their hand in front of their face and think it's a mile away or only an inch away when it's really two feet away. So their perception of size and space is distorted. Straight lines, things that they know are straight lines, may suddenly appear wavy. And things that are supposed to sit still move. You know, your remote control may get up and dance in front of you. Or like the guy with the tumor, the icons may come off his computer screen and dance around. In his case, it was a tumor, but migraine sufferers can do that too. Three-dimensional objects may become flat. Things may change in color and tilt or waver or fall on one side. Um, people and objects may look very distorted and stretched out or compressed. Colors may be very bright and very vivid. Almost anything can happen. And, and this Alice in Wonderland syndrome is this distortion of what you see in size and distance. Large, small, near, far, in typical. 
also it, it can take on different characteristics as I described. So it's a fascinating syndrome. Even more fascinating. Lewis Carroll, who of course wrote Alice in Wonderland, was known to have migraines. He suffered from them quite severely. In his own diary, he reported having visited a guy named William Bowman, who was an ophthalmologist, and he went to see him because of visual manifestations he was having during his migraines. And so the supposition is, or at least the thought there, is that he himself might have had Alice in Wonderland syndrome. And he created Alice and that whole story down the rabbit hole from his own experiences with his own migraines. Uh, fascinating. A fascinating little slice of medicine, a fascinating little slice of literature, and a little slice of history. Um, and it all makes sense. So at the end of the day, Alice in Wonderland syndrome is, is a fascinating neuropsychiatric disorder. Um, as I always do on my show notes, I have a lot of links to it, so you can go learn more about it, what it is, how it works. You can use it in your story. As I said, it's not all that rare. Um, just because I haven't seen it or recognized it in my practice over 50 years doesn't mean that it's not that common. My, my neurology friends may say differently. But in summary, it is a neuropsychiatric disorder that can come from a lot of different causes, most likely drugs or migraines. Tumors can also jump in there. That has a multitude of crazy, crazy, crazy symptoms that you can really play with in your stories. Uh, it can be treated, but the treatment has side effects, as, as I alluded to in the answer to Frankie's question. So I hope this sparks some story ideas, and I hope you come up with some fun stuff uh, from learning about this neuropsychiatric syndrome. And I hope that not only that, it leads you down other rabbit holes so that you discover a whole lot more. So until next time, I'm going to leave Alice and you to do some more research. And until next time, this has been DP Lyle. I'll chat with you then.